Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 29th of May, 2022. God had given it all to them. Of that, there was little doubt within the group. During their travels, they'd occasionally met fellow survivors, all of whom had told the same story. The shops had been looted. There were no more tinned food or other such supplies to be had. The houses had likewise been plundered. The only future was in finding farmland, places where new food could be grown in relative isolation. As far as the cities, the towns, and even the villages were concerned, there was nothing there but death and decay. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and welcome to our Survivors Special. And if you don't know what the series Survivors is, it was created by Terry Nation back in 1975. He's also famous for creating The Daleks and Blake 7. The premise, what if the world was devastated by a pandemic and only a tiny fraction of the population was left alive? Sound familiar? (laughs) It was a surefire hit back in the day, got a short TV reboot in the early 21st century and has been reimagined along 1975 lines by Big Finish as gripping audio drama. There have been 10 audio drama series of it so far, and this week marks the release of the latest audiobook, Crusade, read by original cast member Carolyn Seymour. Hello, I'm Carolyn Seymour. Naturally, all our regular podcast features are here for you, such as the Good Review Guide. This week we're talking about Doctor Who after the Daleks, appropriately enough. Her grandfather, Ian and Barbara had gone. Then we'll be giving you a preview of Survivor's Crusade by Doris V. Sutherland. Lots of people started running around buying things in a panic. Following that, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, overflowing with electronic mail marvels. In our also available segment, we'll be going back in time to remind you of how survivors began with Big Finish. Any intercontinental journey is at present a fantastical dream. Then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And by the clever application of audio editing, I can play you this clip from the future. It's too late. What cognition? And then it'll be time to give you a free 15-minute drama tease of Survivors. And for this, I will be asking Benji, who worked on a lot of Survivors, didn't you? As, as did you. Well, indeed. To nominate his favourite episode. Here's an uncanny clip, though. This is Abby Grant calling Dalton Roberts. Are you receiving me? This is Dalton. I am receiving you over. Right then. <laughs> Survivors. Oh, I love it. I honestly it is one of my favourite things that we've done at Big Finish. I just think it's it's so unique. It's such a unique property. Yeah. It was, I mean, and it's carrying on. There'll be another series. We, you know, we we had a gap for a while, and and we brought it back with New Dawn, two box sets of that. And uh, but the question I'd like to ask Benji, especially you know, in the light of the recent and to uh, quite a degree ongoing pandemic uh, with COVID nineteen, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? <laughs> Is it entertaining and engaging to, I don't know, to delve into such a bleak possibility as a pandemic that wipes out, you know, 
the best part of humanity and why why is why are we interested in that why do we find it gripping why do we not just shun it and not watch or listen to it i think with survivors it's partly down to it's the what if scenario of how does humanity continue in in such dire circumstances because we have a very organized and orderly society um and you have to look at these things so let's take fundamental aspects of society away if there were no police who would govern crime what is crime who decides what is a crime and what isn't a crime if there is no government uh you know whereas now we we live fairly secure lives in the sense that we know that if we we hurt ourselves we could be taken to a and e and receive care yeah, you know, yeah. obviously the levels of care depend on where you are in the world, X, Y, Z, blah, blah. But in a world without such care, if you, as we've demonstrated in one of our audios, if you fall and break your leg and you haven't got somebody who knows what they're doing, what happens? How do you deal with that? And it's all of these things, these aspects of, you know, if, if we don't... if. Whereas now we can receive food from all all, all around the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. We have got situations with things like supply chains coming in and that, which are impacting on us right now. Yes. But the idea of that in a, in a society where there's none of that, how do you get food? If there's been a bad harvest and you, you're having to learn how to farm because you've never farmed in your life, because I certainly haven't. And Nick, I, I don't... I mean, you grew up on a farm, didn't you? No. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Just imagining oh, you. you. <laughs> Well, uh, funnily enough, my parents, my parents before I was born, did live on a farm for quite some time. I think it yeah. would have been that. Cause... Yeah, it was a pig. It was a pig farm, though. I mean, I did grow up in the countryside. That's true. Yeah, in the countryside. Uh, you know, but it's. <laughs> I did wonder why you're wearing a, a tweed jacket and uh, you've got a twelve bore shotgun on the wall. I have got um, a tweed jacket on. It's true, but that's because just I'm a weird Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Uh, and this tweed jacket is so hard wearing, I have to say. Although, look, can you see here the the cuffs? No one sees this. Oh, they're all there. Well, it's not hard wearing then, is it? Clearly. Well, that bit isn't because that's what leans on the desk when I'm typing. Well, but, yeah, it's no taken one... a lot of wear. Yeah. No, but, you know, what I needed is the pads that I've got on the elbow. I wanted those on there. Who knew that this would... Um, Sleeve pads. This would um, digress into uh, a... a Fashion discussion. Um, <laughs> I think fashion is <laughs> too extreme a term for but, describing my. Uh, but <laughs> but it's it's yeah. So survivors very much is all about that. It's the what if scenario, and I think for me, I find it, I find it fascinating to to look yes. at kind of where we could be and what it is, and that's why I, that's why I really like it. I like that aspect of. I like that about the original series, and I yeah, like it. Yeah. I like it about the audios. You know, it's that just, first it's episode of the TV series is just sublime in a kind of really doom laden way. It's just, and it's very simply done, you know, because of television of the time being uh, what it was. Um, I mean, I, I've just got this vision of how you know, in a future podcast, we'll be discussing, I don't know, the wheel in space. And I say, Benji, you were brought up on a spaceship, <laughs> weren't you? a space station. I have no, I have no <laughs> idea why, why that came into my head for some reason. I have absolutely no idea why. Has it changed your opinion of me, knowing now yeah. that I, I wasn't yeah, you... sowing seeds and uh, <laughs> worrying about the harvest? <laughs> why did I? Why did I think that? I don't know. Feeding the chickens. Um, I'm just dre- desperately trying to think of things that are milking like, the cows like and you, the goats. You watch 
watched that public information film Apaches and thought, no, no, I've got to make sure I remember all of this next time I'm playing in the pig, <laughs> pig's will pen. But, um, oh, gosh. No, but I think the thing is, it, I think it's very Terry Nation, you know, who was the brilliant writer who created Survivors. What, what he does with Survivors, he puts people in a situation where the stakes are high and then you see the best and worst of humanity in very... Uh, defined relief as it were you know you see and and that's and that's what i always say about the daleks in doctor who the daleks raise the stakes so the doctor is at his very best um and i think that i think that's just a guiding principle in what terry nation does that sort of he doesn't piddle around with everyday things he he makes the situation extreme you know, the Federation aren't just sort of moderately unfair. They're a horrible fascist institution yeah. in Blake 7. And, you know, and they drive people to rebel against them, you know, and they f- fiddle around with uh, Blake's um, memory and make him believe or make him forget that he was a rebel leader. Then they uh, uh, distort his... Uh, past records and accuse him of child molestation you know yeah. it's all, all of these things are extreme they didn't just give him a parking ticket you know they, and, oh, it's, and, it's and that's what Terry Nation deals with this sort of high uh, hypertensive drama I think you know and there are so many aspects in in the original television series of survivors where where this it really does you say it shows the best and the worst of of humanity you know mm. you've got you've got a woman in one of the episodes who she's there's a bloke uh and you know they're sort of living together surviving together i suppose is is the term and his leg gets crushed by a tractor oh yeah. and she and she has that awful thing it's like you know what what do i do he's 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 looking after me and now he is he can't do anything i'm gonna to have to look after him forever what do i do and she runs away leaves she leaves him, him. leaves him to die and it's you, you awful, know isn't it? it's it so is, oh, absolutely wrenching it is an awful awful thing and it puts people in incredibly uncomfortable scenarios like it makes that you make judgments of yourself doesn't it? you immediately ask well what would i do god would i be the awful person would i do the terrible cowardly thing to preserve myself yes well, it's that thing. It's it's you know it's distributing food, isn't it? Saying I've got, I've got two two cans of beans. They must be given to one person each, and there are four families. Who do I give it to? And that is a horrible decision that you have to make. And 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 it's and it, it's always putting this on people. It's always uh, and, and what's good is our main characters. Whilst they are flawed, you've got people you know in there. For example, Greg. Um, who who was previous? He's an ex-offender, you know, and and yeah. and that is all. His background is there, but they're all these people are trying to make the best out of a terrible situation. They're trying to create order in a world without order. That's the other thing. When you mention that, there is a thing about the pandemic in Survivors. It sort of wipes the slate clean, doesn't it? It sort of says, it doesn't matter what you were before. This is now. And now you have to decide who you're going to be. And that's another really appealing idea, isn't it? Yeah, interesting. Well, it's like, you know, Abby Grant, who, for those that don't know, is is 
Carolyn Seymour plays Abby Grant, who is the main character in the first series. You know, cer- on certainly yeah, yeah. set on on television. Yes, I mean, there, you know, later on you get you get other characters which are also the leads. But I would I would say that Carolyn very much takes the focus in that first series. She's looking oh, for definitely. her son, yes. and and you know, in that first episode, one of I think a fantastic moment in television. It's so well done. Is she looks in the mirror, her husband's passed away and she cuts her hair yeah and that is that really thing and it's like i'm leaving she because previously on she was making her husband dinner and she yes. was talking about mundane things and in schools scene, and yeah. life and actually cooking food for real yeah. in a continuous video she did eggs and bacon or something didn't she, she? Did, she actually yeah. cooked it on a cooker during the scene shot continuously which it's i fantastic. thought was, that's just being an actor myself and having to be on stage and do stuff like that you just you just dread it so much because you kind of suddenly normal things when you're acting normal things become really difficult to do <laughs> sort of i can't lift that tea up i, I forgot where the cup goes you know and all that yeah kind of stuff, yes you know? do i burn the bacon I, have i put enough oil on it oh, i just but- i mean i know it sounds petty and trivial and silly but i Whenever I watch that scene, I just think, come on, Carolyn, you're brilliant. (laughs) That's an amazing achievement. That sounds so patronising, but it is. It's an amazing achievement to act while cooking a meal, to play a character that with lines you've learned, it it cannot be underestimated. And I know know many people listening who aren't actors will think, what are you talking about? Everyone can cook eggs and bacon, but, well, not everyone can. But I suppose as well, though, it's it's not even like, it's not even sort of little acting, like, oh, what what did you have for school today? She's like talking about like hardcore issues like striking and pandemics and and like ethical things. Even then, it's all about you know the, what what they think is going to happen. And it's intelligent conversation. And just talking big... about it makes me want to just go back and watch it again. The interesting thing about the way that the Big Finish started the reinterpretation of Survivors was to start with other new characters, but slowly feed in the original characters from the TV series. And I think it's one of the most glorious things that we managed to get the main cast back and you know eventually the stories become all about them and you know and I've worked with Carolyn on a lot of other things as well I haven't worked with Lucy Fleming so much but I was you know I went into one of the recordings um, you know and had a chat with her which was lovely it's the thing that we've talked about before that they were very familiar to me because I was doing the music on Survivors <laughs> for so long not the beautiful theme tune by Anthony Isaacs but uh, the weird incidental music we decided on so it's really weird meeting these people who've been in my head for ages and uh, and Lucy is such a lovely lovely person oh um, she's lovely yeah yeah but well, Carolyn I remember when I've I was, I remember when so many... I was in studio and and I you know I I sort of said hello and various, but I was letting all the actors just talk because I was, you know, and I was getting on with a few things that I was doing. And Lucy just came over. It was very sweet. She came over and she just plonked herself and sat down on the sofa next to me and said, hello. She said, we've not had a chance to talk. I just wanted to say, you know, hello. And it was just so nice. I thought, oh, because, you know, I was just there doing it. But she was just very sweet, just came over and said, you know, let's let's have a chat. And she's lovely. And Carolyn's the same, you know, what what a wonderful person with so many great stories to tell and she's just she's just so good and the you know I I say this I'm I'm sure you've been in those experiences as well but you you do get those those moments making audio drama when you're sitting in that studio in the studio room itself and you're watching people perform and you have these moments where you think I feel really privileged to just be seeing somebody performing because especially with this it's it's not these are hard things and you know she's 
you know, Abby's looking for her son Peter, mm. and it's she's learning all kinds of things. She's oh, being told God, that storyline is heart wrenching in the audios, isn't it? I mean, it reaches oh. a, an incredible climax, actually. Oh. But she just has to go and, you know, she gets her hopes up all the time. I've heard Peter's here, gets there and she finds that there's some, you know, she gets repetitively told horrible things that are the possible fate of her own son. There's and she's a particularly acting moving episode about that as well. When, but I mean, there is a resolution to that story, I should say, for those of you who haven't heard it. And Ian McCulloch, too, of course, who plays Greg. Um, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's... I found him a, quite an intimidating figure, actually. But I, I wanted to tell him um, how grateful we were that he'd come back to Survivors. And he just sort of, I wouldn't go so far as to say melted, but it, it meant a lot to him, you know, to, cause, because he's quite a formidable kind of character, isn't he? And I think people are, are a little wary of talking to him sometimes. And I and he was so, oh, well, thank you. No, I, I, I love doing it. And I said, well, it's really great. So thank you very much. And he does some incredible stuff in the audio series, doesn't he? Well, I think he really shines in this as well because on screen he was quite a—he was an, an action character. He mm. was the guy in in the show. He would be the one holding the shotguns and going out and you know getting into fights and scuffles because he's because in this you know he's 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 had a bit of a past. He can handle himself. And what's so good about the audio dramas is. We take scenarios which in the television series might not have been possible and we can amp it up a bit. So suddenly Greg has got the opportunity to get into some pretty big scrapes with, you know, huge gunfights and sweeping horseback chases and and of course what's so good is Ian gives it his all. He's one of the, he just really he puts all of his energy into it and what you've got is a real action hero uh in there. And I just think it's brilliant. I, I feel like we've I, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I work for Big Finish, so I, I'm going to have a certain level of bias. But I really believe that it's some of, firstly, some of the best work we've done just yeah, as a company. Too. I think everything about it is so wonderfully written. But I also think, in terms of w- what it's done for survivors and for for giving that cast an opportunity to revisit and just give give so much to their characters, and yeah. I just, you know, I just love it. I love it, and I'm so proud of it. Yeah, and more more coming soon. And as I said uh, earlier on, this this podcast is celebrating uh, survivors. So more more coming soon is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, coming soon, but coming now is uh, the Good Review Guide, oh. finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised, this week, we're looking at Doctor Who after the Daleks. From Big Finish Productions. I cannot move. Assist. Contact lost with Dalek control. Assist. Doctor Who, the early adventures after the Daleks. Her grandfather, Ian and Barbara had gone, leaving her behind on a ruined earth. The country is on its knees. People are starving, bewildered, drifting. He's not moving, he's already dead. Well, without the Daleks, I thought this world would be a better place. Susan, come on. The capture of David Campbell and his friend, Jenny Chaplin, is of utmost priority. 
Susan Foreman is an alien, and we know what the aliens who came here before did to our world, don't we? What are you doing? I demand she's taken away for execution. <laughs> you will obey me. Cease. Now, how much do you want to live? Big finish. We love stories. That was the Daleks. And if you want to uh, get your hands on After the Daleks, just go to bigfinish.com and type After the Daleks. That's not that the Daleks are going to type first. You actually have to type After the Daleks. <laughs> um, I'm typing. Yes, all right. Hurry up. You haven't got any... You've only got a plunger. Sounds like a chase, um, doesn't it? I'm After the Daleks. <laughs> Dick Dastardly is After the Daleks. Come back here, uh, Daleks! <laughs> no, I'm getting away! Ha ha ha! Yes, shove all of that in, into the search pane at the top, uh, and you'll travel forward into dark times. Oh. Well, first up, Ian McArdle from cultbox.co.uk says Ultimately, this is Susan's story, and Carol Ann Ford clearly relishes returning to the character again. Yeah. We've heard her play a later, wiser Susan, but never one so close to that original parting from the Doctor. Through a combination of an excellent script and terrific performance, Susan demonstrates both her ingenuity and bravery here. Most importantly, however, she's given agency. She makes a conscious decision to step up and say, rather than simply accepting her grandfather's decision on her behalf. That's five stars. Um... It made me laugh there because it says she, she she took the decision to step up and stay. Underneath that, I could just see these asterisks. So I thought, well, she's not going to get up and say something rude, is she? <laughs> she got up and said, no. Hey, the Daleks. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. Lovely review there from cultbox.co.uk. I haven't had time to attribute our names to any of these reviews for reading them out, Benji, so uh, I'm sure you'll work it out, though. Uh, this one's from warpfactor.com by... Yes, come on. The son of uh, Bill Filer, it is, of Tony, course. Tony Filer. Tony Filer. That hilarious joke that we are um, flogging to death. Roland Moore, who wrote this, who I have to say is one of the loveliest human beings you could ever hope to meet. Uh, puts us, I, that sounded ironic, didn't it? I actually do mean that. He's lovely, a lovely, gentle and talented person. Uh, yes. What more can I say about that? Uh, Roland Moore puts us through a properly nation ringer in this story, but ends with a restatement of Susan's personality, her choices, and in a sense, her final freedom from her grandfather. She's no longer an unearthly child by the end of this story. She's a woman in a world that needs everyone to work together as much as they can. She's aware that won't ha always happen, but having found herself and the things that matter most to her, she's not just left behind anymore. She chooses to stay, even when given the opportunity to leave. When the Daleks are beaten, Susan Foreman gets stranded on the shattered earth. With After the Daleks, Roland Moore shows us why she stays and who Susan Foreman becomes next. What a brilliant review! Very, very well done. Sorry very to all the well other done. reviewers. I don't mean to be overly favouring of Tony, but he does. He's got a lovely turn of phrase, hasn't he? I don't think he uses the word overall or unapologetic. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know whether that's good or bad. Um, but we are looking out for uses of these words because um, we like to celebrate them. <laughs> well, we'll see in the next one, Bryn Mitchell, whether Bryn decides to use overalls. Uh, this is from We Are Cult.rocks, by the way. Wow. Uh, although seemingly separate at first, this element of plot comes together with the main story very effectively in the final half and proves to be at least as emotionally compelling as any of the stuff with Susan and David. There's no feeling during the subplots that you are treading water, waiting for it to return to the main thread. There's no filler here. Perhaps what's most impressive are the overalls. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, <laughs> Unapologetic. But, but um, something that we often take for granted as fans is that almost 60 years since her debut, people are still finding new and original things to do with Susan Foreman. And Carol Ann Ford is still doing a sublime job playing her here here to carol amford absolutely brilliant i've many times i've told the story of when i first met carol amford i did a myth makers interview with her and um, we had so many technical difficulties the camera broke and then i on the day we remounted it i was suffering from food poisoning really oh, bad no. food poisoning yeah yeah so i had to keep going to the the restroom and uh, she had this unique... I can't believe I'm telling this hoary old story again. Um, she had a unique arrangement with her bathroom in her house. I've never seen this before. It had two doors, one straight to the outside and one in the house. And uh, I went in through the one in the house, locked the door, <laughs> used the facilities, and then left through the outside one, closed it behind me. But oh, they'd no. lost the key to the outside door which was a Yale lock that just clicked shut and they didn't have a key to open it. So I had hermetically sealed, which is probably <laughs> a good thing, hermetically sealed their toilet. And um, I, I remember Carol not finding that very funny. And I was just feeling <laughs> awful. I think they must have, I don't know what they did. I suppose they beat the door down with it. They used a Dalek to blow it up, uh, as we know. Well, your, your main concern, of course, was that what if you needed to use it again? Well, quite, which would have been about 10 minutes later, I think. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much detail, Briggs. Uh, SciFiPulse.net, Ian Cullen says, uh, After the Daleks works brilliantly as a sequel to the classic Dalek invasion of Earth serial from Doctor Who's second season, which was way back in 1964, just in case you didn't know, folks. The story makes good use of key characters from the classic story. And the production made some great casting choices when it came to recasting David and Jenny. Oh, should we look at who who played David and Jenny? Both David and Jenny. Yeah. Well, that Same would be actor. interesting. Yeah. After the Daleks. After the Daleks. I'm typing it into the Big Finish website. There it is. There was a part one, free. There you go. Cast. Uh, Lucy Briers played... Uh, Jenny Chaplin related to uh, Richard Bryan do you think this is what I'm going to find out and of course Sean Biggerstaff as David yes. Campbell yeah sorry yes it's uh, yeah uh, the daughter of Richard Bryan's and actress Anne Davies there, there go. you go amazing amazing <laughs> fantastic 10 out of 10 from Ian McCullen. Sorry, not, not Ian McCullen. From Ian Cullen. <laughs> yes, we've got Ian McCullen writing saying, yes, I think Greg is the best performance in the whole of the piece. Um, 
Well, we got one more here uh, from Paul Simpson at SciFiBulletin.com. Hey. Short but sweet. He is. Uh, a fascinating extrapolation from 1964 that frequently moves in unexpected directions. Eight out of ten. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Lovely review. I feel that was ten, frankly, but, you know, we'll agree to disagree What do we that. know? What do we know? <laughs> uh, that's it for the reviews this week. Next time, we'll be having some Yeti trouble. Oh, dear. Painful. Uh, talking about Doctor Who, The Secrets of Debt's End by Andy Frankham Allen. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll be investigating the origins of Survivors as turned into audio drama by Big Finish Productions. Just typing a message to my wife telling her I'm going to be late for lunch. Uh, fascinating, isn't it? Uh, but first, here's a preview of Survivors Crusade by Doris V. Sutherland and read by Carolyn Seymour. God had given it all to them. Of that, there was little doubt within the group. During their travels, they'd occasionally met fellow survivors, all of whom had told the same story. The shops had been looted. There were no more tinned food or other such supplies to be had. The houses had likewise been plundered. The only future was in finding farmland, places where new food could be grown in relative isolation. As far as the cities, the towns, and even the villages were concerned, there was nothing there but death and decay. Have faith, said Nathan to his followers. God will provide. And lo, it was so. They had found a village that had been left untouched, visited by seemingly no one since the last resident had died. The looters hadn't found it. The local shop was small but well stocked. Even though the perishable food was no good by that point, the tinned items were intact. The village petrol station, too, had enough fuel for many future journeys in their bus. The discovery of the village was not the first time they'd been gifted by Providence on their travels. When they found the double-decker bus in good working order, big enough for the entire band along with supplies and equipment, Nathan had declared that a true godsend. When Lionel agreed to join their group, bringing his rare skills to their community, that had also seemed like much more than mere good fortune. And now, the village. As Craig and Garrett loaded the last of the tinned food from the village shop into the bus, Nathan cast his gaze around the nearby buildings. That place, he said, pointing at one of the larger houses. The others followed him towards the door. Locked, no doubt, murmured Nathan. He turned the handle, and sure enough, the door did not open. Nathan stood aside and gestured to Craig, a tall, broad-shouldered man who carried a shotgun at his side. Craig needed no more encouragement or explanation. Nathan had chosen this house to inspect, and that was good enough for him. He lifted the shotgun, aimed the barrel at the door's handle, and fired. The green-painted wood was sent splintering as the door flew open. Geraint, Bradley and Lionel accompanied Nathan inside, while Craig stood watch outside, still clutching his shotgun. It's very clean in here, said Nathan when they were inside the house. The other three men knew exactly what he meant. Every other time they'd entered a house, they'd found it filled with the foul odour of decaying flesh. Even if the corpses were upstairs, the stench had always reached the ground floor. 
The sound of insects, too, had been hard to miss. This time, however, the house looked clean and tidy, almost as though the residents were due back at any minute. Were there any residents? Hello, I'm Carolyn Seymour. I've just finished recording Crusade, and Big Finish have given me some questions to answer. So the first question they want me to answer is, what is my connection to survivors? Well, if you've bought Crusade because you're a fan of survivors, you'll know exactly who I am. I played Abby Grant in the original series, and I've enjoyed every single second of it. And my first reaction on reading the script was, um, it was a different, a very different um, kind of survivors in one way, in that it brings up some interesting questions for everyone to think about, uh, as in morality and the right and wrong and all of those sort of vital things that we need and faith. And those, those are things that um, everyone can think about while they're reading it or listening to it. And also, it says here, please describe my experience of working on this. Well, this one was actually... Um, required a lot of prep time and it was great fun to do it, it as i said it's a different kind of and kind of book to read but i've i've also loved it and i've worked really hard on this one so i hope you all enjoy it as much as i did and i'm working from a beautiful studio and i've got a lovely a lovely producer so life couldn't be better and as an old survivor, uh, speaking to all my survivor fans, I do hope you're all listening to the big finished collection of our series. We've done quite a few, and they're all interesting and all fabulous with as many of the old actors as we can get in. Um, and I think, I think this is just a lovely follow-on to, for the, the, the books that we've been doing. So I hope you re listen to them all and spend hours delving and submerge, submerging yourselves into the world of survivors. Not far removed from the present day, I feel. Just go to bigfinish.com and type crusade into the search pane to find this latest survivors audiobook. Time now for listeners' emails. That's right, and you don't need to be a survivor to send an email. Oh. Just be a normal person, quite okay. frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, send them in, send it to podcast at bigfinish.com, get them in, and we might read them out. First up, this one here from Adam Ross. The subject is a response to Nick's unbound response oh. slash listeners' emails. Gotcha. Dear Nick and Benji. Hi there. We Hi there. Did you see Dwayne uh, Bunny tweeting about that? I did, yes. <laughs> Just goes to show he trumped us. He trumped us. He does listen. Um, or maybe he'd been told. Who yeah, knows? Been um, publicly humiliated by us. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> Um, wishing you both and everyone a big finish a lovely weekend Ooh. I just wanted to write in as a response to Nick's answer to the question regarding new unbound stories and doctors whilst I completely understand that introducing new unbound doctors as a TV show uh, debuting uh, as the TV show is debuting a new Doctor Who uh, is an unwise move however I do believe that after the first season I don't see what would be the issue of introducing Big Finish created incarnations whilst the TV show is in the second or third season of the on-screen Doctor. 
Well, I mean, you know, one of those things, isn't it, really? I think it all goes down to what the BBC well, I, I just, want to do. If that's your opinion, Adam, I, I would yeah. take it up with Russell T Davis if I were yeah. you. <laughs> that's it, isn't it? I don't think that's his opinion, which is fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, I believe the Unbound range is one of the most experimental and creative ranges of Big Finish and had created some of the most unique incarnations, or it says here, incantations. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> quasi Quasi Wing Wong. Um, that's what? a spell, I don't know, it was a spell, that's the first spell name that came into my head and I don't even think it's a real one. Um <laughs> <laughs> be funny if something did happen like I'd turn my computer into a marrow or something well I've turned um, into a rabbit yes wonderful years um, uh, several unique incarnations played by great actors like David Warner Michael Jaston Jeffrey yeah. Bailden David Collings and Arabella Weir um, you're not wrong there um, so I really hope Big Finish would reconsider creating new doctors for the next generation of Unbound Audios in the future kind regards Adam. I mean, I would say, uh, being slightly sarcastic about talking to Russell about it, but I mean, I, I completely appreciate Russell's point of view on this. Um, I think if I were in his position, I would say the same thing. Um, yeah, I agree. And so I, uh, but who knows what the future may hold? I mean, seriously, who who does know? Well, Russ, like Russell them. knows. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Next up, um, this is uh, from Gibran Graham. Email and relative dimension in space. <laughs> Dear Nick and Benji, hi there, says Gibran. Hi there. Hi there. Greetings from Bangor, Maine. I've written many emails to the podcast since rediscovering it and, and Big Finish over the past few years, but I've written them all in my head whilst walking to work and listening, so I don't think you've ever received them. I think, I think you're right, actually. I t- have you received them, Benji? No. I received one, but um, I think uh, I think I couldn't open it. I didn't have a letter opener. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't a have a mind opener. A mind opener. I didn't uh, have a mind <laughs> No, never mind. Uh, if you do read this one on the air, I'm looking forward to the delightful pronunciations of my name. Yes, ha ha ha, emoji. I've said Gibran. Is it Gibran? Gibran? Who knows? You'll let us know in another email, I'm sure, Mr. Graham. Uh, thank you for everything the two of you and the team Big Finish do. Uh, the worlds and fandoms of Doctor Who and other great British sci-fi and more are better for the imaginative audioscape that you continue to produce most kind my daughter and i spent a lot of time in the car when she was little she's 24 now and loved exploring the eighth doctor adventures with big finish i made my way through most of the main range at the time while traveling alone the past couple of years it has been my joy to introduce the variety of doctor who ranges and series to my partner and her two teenagers on our day trips reliving such classics as the chimes of midnight and diving into new blockbusters such as time lord victorious and dalek universe big finish has provided much topic of conversation and debate as we frequently discuss what uh, we all like and don't like and then decide what to listen to next you're the perfect Big Finish customer, thank you. <laughs> uh, on my own, I've become a Big Finish super fan, listening to various audios while working and biding my time between podcasts. My partner may have heard herself several times while rolling her eyes as I karaoke <laughs> the familiar opening lines of the podcast. Cunic and Benji. Well, keep doing it. You need to. Do, if you stop doing that, then the podcast falls apart. It's, it's, all, that, it's all down to you. Say it three times, and we'll materialise in whatever room you're in. <laughs> um, the, the funny thing about Cunic and Benji is that I actually do do it 
every time. I could just, you know, <laughs> I actually pinched mine. I was like, a and panchi. And then I had a little radio effect to it afterwards. But I, I could just <laughs> use the one I did, you know, three years ago, couldn't I? But I don't. I do it live every time. And I always edit out the bit where I have to sniff after, <laughs> uh, after tweaking my nose. Uh, here are a couple of questions and some praise. Oh, there's an incentive for reading it. One, the creative output of Big Finish during the pandemic and lockdowns was exemplary. While faced with so many challenges, you found a way to push forward, which was therapeutic as a listener, and I'm sure on your end as well. True. Thanks again for that. It was me who came up with the way of doing it, by the way. Just don't want to you know make sure that i get all the praise uh while a few of your voice actors may have had home studios already i often heard on the podcast and during interviews that many had to create makeshift recording spaces in their homes closets etc the rest of this podcast will be a strange song did big finish help provide audio recording kits to some actors and if so would you share on the podcast or perhaps a link on the website what would have been the standard kit you might have provided or recommended so some actors uh, so those actors could record and or stream with you well I don't want to go into all that detail but we did do that for some people we provided lots of advice there's a dedicated page created by Paul Midcar for Audio Sorcery uh, a studio we use a lot in uh, near Tunbridge Wells which is where we used to work with Tom Baker there before he started recording at home and we, we provided Tom with facilities for doing that I believe um, and but Paul has created the ultimate guide to how to record at home, hasn't he? Benji, have you died? Oh, yes. So. No, no, no. I was, listening. I was just listening. I was just listening to what you were saying. Yeah. Um, but I, then I was thinking, because there's another... This is question one, and then it moves to question B. <laughs> I was just looking at that thinking, have I, I noticed I've something? I've got a funny feeling he's done this on purpose. Uh, I, I often do it. Uh, the Big Finish app is a saving grace amazing app uh, you've made it so much easier to digitally listen to your audios than the clunky method i remember from many years ago that was that was what we were trying to do and i'm so glad you like that uh, while i'm sure you'll continue to, to develop the app and maybe one day bring us in-app purchasing power if we do that we get charged loads of money by Apple, so we're probably not going to do that. I do have one request for developers. Could you please find a way to continue marking an audio as played after we have deleted a download? At least for myself, there is a threshold to the number of adventures I can recall having listened to just by looking at the cover art and titles. Good point, actually. I hope the developers listening. I'll try and um, forward this point. I can't keep the downloads forever after listening due to space on my phone, so my purchase list on the app is full of audios with a download symbol that doesn't tell me if I've ever previously downloaded or listened to them. Ah, yeah. Perhaps it is something as simple as, or not so simple, as adding new a new flag to an audio that has never been downloaded similar to the new flags on tracks after you downloaded them uh, on or on the device list honestly this would be a big help and i can't be alone on this right i'm going to send that bit of your email to some relevant people right now it's a good um, idea yeah hold on uh An app thought from a loyal listener. I will call the email. I say, hi, folks. Here's hi there. something that crop, cropped up in the latest podcast. 
Unfortunately, rather than cropped, it's cropped up. It says cropped yup, I've put here. (laughs) It's cropped yup. Anyway, there it goes. Off. So we've solved that problem there. Good. Sounds like the leader of some alien race. My name is cropped (laughs) yup. I say I've solved the problem. I haven't. I've just started a discussion which will hopefully lead to a solution to the problem. Finally, I hope fans can finally get past any negative criticism of your recasting choices uh, for Doctors and Companions no longer with us. Big Finish has come such a long way from its humble beginnings and anyone who has followed you uh, for some time knows how much care and professionalism you put into your product. Your recasting choices continue to be spot on and show the love you have for what you do. Much thanks to you and the actors for keeping those characters alive. Don't ever change for the love of stories. For the love of stories. Don't ever change. For the love of stories. So, yes, Gibran Graham. Gibran Graham. You let us know, Mr. Graham. Bangor, Maine. Thank you. Lovely email. Well, we got one here from Michael sent on the 8th. No, it wasn't sent on the 8th. It's from the 8th. It says, the subject is... I can't talk. I don't know who I am. The subject is 8th Doctor TV movie characters. Oh, yes. Um, this old chestnut. Uh, <laughs> dear Nick and Benji. Hi there. Hi there. Uh, Big Finish has done such an excellent job of developing the Doctor's companions beyond their time on screen. It has been a gift to hear these characters' original actors and slash or actors who have taken on the legacy roles... Uh, to bring such wonderful performances to life uh, that we never saw on television. I was wondering, where do the rights lie for the 1996 TV movie companions, Dr. Grace Holloway and Chang Lee? Uh, and I think it's Holloway, characters... isn't it? But they put Holloway, but anyway. Yes, I think you're quite correct. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I'm just reading it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and fair, will fair these point. characters ever be available for Big Finish to use? Uh, it's been wonderful to have Daphne Ashbrook and Yi Ji So uh, appear in other Doctor Who audios over the years, but it would be amazing to have Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor be reunited finally with Grace and Chang Lee. It would also be great to give these actors an opportunity to flesh out their roles beyond the TV movie. Thank you again for all you do and continuing to produce such amazing Doctor Who stories and all the productions of Big Finish. Cheers, Michael. Michael, well, I'll try and answer this without uh, loads of phones going off at BBC Studios saying, he did what? What did he say on the podcast? I believe it's... uh, I think that the rights for those characters... Uh, reside in the original production company who made the TV movie, whatever we're calling that company this week. And um, but I think BBC Studios has the rights in the United States and uh, the UK for those characters, but I don't think the rights are global. I think that's what it is. And so, and because you know, even though the bulk of people who listen to Big Finish are in the United States of America and the UK although with very large audiences also in Australia and New Zealand particularly Australia um, they're, they're you know we're available to anyone all over the world who can buy and because the, the rights in the character aren't global we're not cleared to use them for that reason um, so yeah that that is the reason for it but i would love us to be able to do it i remember having a a meeting with um daphne ashbrook 
uh, <laughs> during which she gave me the most terrible. I think it was flu, actually. It was. Uh, she did warn me, and we tried not to get too close to each other, but it was no good. A week later, I <laughs> was dreadfully ill. I never let her forget that as well. I think every time we see each other, she says, "I'm not touching you. I'm not coming anywhere near you, Nick." Um, a uh, very lovely human being, uh, as indeed is Yijit. So um, lovely people uh, would be lovely, wouldn't it? Would be lovely. I, I know that, uh, that Grace turned up in the Doctor Who comic strip years ago, didn't she? But I think nobody realised that they didn't have the rights to do it, and they just did it anyway. Maybe, maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. <coughs> ring, ring. Hello, Nick Briggs said what on the Big Finish podcast? Good lord, stop telling the truth. It's Drop just... the right in it now. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Terrible, terrible. Anyway, uh, the truth is out there somewhere. Uh, that's it for the emails this week you'll be relieved to hear um, more next time sent to podcast at bigfinish.com as always the random board selectron is preparing itself in the background at this very moment getting ready to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release but before that it's time for also available and we investigate the very first episode of Survivors from Big Finish released back in 2014 it's Revelation by Matt Fitton. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Survivors. I'm Matt Fitton. I'm the author of Survivors, Episode 1, Revelation, and the script editor for the series. European flight stopped completely early yesterday morning. But St. Louis, I need to get home to St. Louis. Chicago, anywhere. It I'm doesn't matter to me. We're I- no more capable of air travel today than our great-grandparents were a century ago. The entire system has ground to a halt. Any intercontinental journey is at present a fantastical dream. From what I gather, the United States has it even worse. Survivors at Big Finish. It's a series that I've always wanted to do on audio, and I think I raised the idea about a year and a half ago. It was around the time, actually, we were working with Lucy Fleming on a series called Countermeasures, which is a Doctor Who spin-off. And it was such a joy working with Lucy. She was she was absolutely smashing. And I just thought it would be fantastic to be able to work with her on Survivors, which was a show we'd all seen her in and loved. We negotiated the rights with Terry Nation's agent and um, it all came to pass. And then we came round to planning the first series. Matt, how did we do that? <laughs> well, we got together the group of writers for the for the series so myself Jonathan Morris Andrew Smith and John Dorney and um, met up and sort of planned out this series arc which would basically run in parallel with the first series of the TV program so what we very much wanted to do was go back to the beginning and look at the outbreak of the death follow the story of um, some characters of our own invention through whose perspective we would see this um, global epidemic uh, end of the world scenario play out at times such as these we uh, I mean it's important that we uh, families I suggest we all go home to our families see your parents make sure they uh, when something like this happens we come to realise what really matters go on all of you class is dismissed David actually had produced a series plan with our original characters in place and we have um, Daniel Connor, Jackie Birchall, James Gillison and Maddie Price 
along with John Redgrave, Helen Wiseman, etc. So what we wanted to do was show the outbreak from a different perspective from that that we saw on, on the television programme. Obviously they were restricted by budgets and locations into, and as to what could be presented on television and we got this picture of a, a, a rural setting for much of the uh, TV series. So what I wanted to do with the audio was um, sort of go into the cities, go into the more civilised areas and pick up locations that you wouldn't necessarily have been able to produce uh, to show on TV in, in, uh, uh, as effectively. Um, so I focused in on uh, looking at Heathrow Airport, taking the airport scenario where we had our international passenger and we could bring in some of the perspective of how the, how the outbreak affects the global uh, picture. It's rather more serious than I'd been led to believe. Hold on. Quarantine? What's the point of a quarantine if the illness is already out there? Uh, We didn't know that for sure. It's been difficult to pin down the source, the spread of the infection. Early symptoms are very much like those of the regular seasonal flu viruses. You mean... You didn't even know it was out there... till it was way too late? Also, we have the uh, urban setting with um, Daniel and Helen as these um, sort of provincial local newspaper workers who start to pick up on the story of the outbreak as it occurs. Hello. (coughs) Daniel. Helen, what are you doing here? You look awful. Thanks. You know what I mean. It's happening everywhere. Businesses grinding to a halt. No one expects you to keep running the place (coughs) single-handed. Also in the polytechnic setting, sort of on the edge of London, uh, James Gillison and his uh, story picking up as the students start to fall ill and uh, him him at the beginning of setting up this new community. We have had the sickness here, so please, you should only come if you've already been exposed and proven immune. If not, I am afraid you may be best served elsewhere. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley and I've directed Survivors. I'm always a, a big fan of contrast, and I'm sure I've probably talked about that in, in other interviews in the past. Within a scene and within a story, contrast is always good. The thing that struck me the most about working on Survivors is is just how much it contrasts what we normally do. It's a, a completely different, not only a completely different storytelling world, but, but it's presented in a, a completely different style. Nothing we do is it has the, the gentle pace that Survivors has. And nothing we do is as straight as this either, although it's considered to be a science fiction series, but, but it's, it's very un-sci-fi for a sci-fi series. This is important, Dan. You know it, I know it. We have to tell people, especially if the powers that be are trying to cover up their own incompetence. <laughs> Helen! <coughs> You're burning up! No, I'm taking you home. Daniel! It's me who tells people what to do, not the other way around. Not this time. Here. I've got you. Where's your bag? Here. But, Dad... Come on. It's not like there's anyone else here you're letting down. (coughs) The paper can wait. Let's get you home. Very nice, thank you. Um, That works a treat. Could I just get a little wild track cough as you walk off down the corridor, Caroline? Yes. It's very dark compared to everything we do. It's, It's... Darkness is probably what sets it apart most from anything else we do. 
some of the situations we're throwing up at one or two characters um, in this series are very adult, very dark themes. In many ways, it's not. It's the stuff of drama. It's the stuff love. It's the stuff actors love, and it's the stuff writers love to write, actors love to act, and directors love to work with actors on in in the studio because you can really get your teeth into it and try a few things that, particularly doing what we do most of the time, which is for a better, a better way of saying it, much lighter. It's a lovely opportunity to come in and do something that's the opposite of that. But also, the good thing about it is, it's not. This isn't soap opera. It's it's not as if we're going from the sort of lightness and fun of uh, of the um, majority of sci-fi we do at Big Finish into something into something that's that's soap. It's much darker than that, and it's got much more, I think, truth than that. This isn't melodrama. You're all suffering. You're all dying. This way's easier. I'm sorry, but I can't do anything else. When I'm done, I'll find someone. There's got to be someone. Someone in the city. What sort of research did you do into global pandemics? The Survivor's Episode Guide was very valuable in setting out the vision behind it, Terry Nation's vision behind it. There are all sorts of um, resources on, on the web now, especially in the light of things like avian flu and... Uh, SARS and so on, just even today to, to look at what disastrous projections could be made if, if a disease broke out which was actually transmissible person to person in the same way that coughs and colds are, the speed with which it would spread is uh, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it, it spreads at the rate at which people can travel around the world. So when you look at something like the, um, the plague in the, the 16th century, the Black Death and so on, of course that was spread very slowly through the world because of the, the means of transport but as soon as you're into sort of the 20th century and the the age of the jumbo jet suddenly that virus is, is worldwide in a matter of days how many people go through this airport every day thousands tens of thousands i mean it's it's not so busy now but if this thing started spreading last week the government you guys will be taking have... action medical centers emergency provision in a week or two, when the outbreak has passed its peak, things will start returning to normal. A few more months, and you and your family can celebrate your nuptials. Just a little later than planned. And what sort of frame of mind did you get in when you were uh, writing this? Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but I did start to <laughs> feel I had coughs and colds and so on all the way through. But it's it's quite... This is one of the most difficult things, I think, that I've written. It's, it's quite a grim worldview. You're, you're trying to show ordinary people how ordinary people would cope in absolutely extraordinary situations. And, um, I mean, there's no two ways about it. The, the death toll is high, and you have to reflect that that in characters losing family members, losing friends, and uh, it is quite a, a depressing thing to think about. But then I think w what really inspired me is, is, is think, making these people as real as possible. Think if, if these people with these character traits as they exist in the normal everyday life, how do they then manage to survive? How do they become survivors? Just go to bigfinish.com and survive. And survive. <laughs> yes, you, see if you can. It's such an awesome <laughs> website. It's just so much flying at you, you know. Uh, type survivors01, survivors space 01, into the search pane at the top to begin the post-pandemic adventure. 
Don't forget that it'll soon be time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of the My Favourite Episode of Survivor segment. But more on that later. In the meantime, it's... It's the Randomoid Selectatron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Get on with it! <laughs> it is number 128 Doctor Who, The Eternal Summer. Oh, right, yeah, this is lovely. The Eternal Didn't Summer. Didn't we select this a few... No, I no, think no. we have. I, I recognise it. But it was it was a while back, probably a year ago, maybe. Okay, well, it is the... Well, we'll go. Here's the trailer. It's too late. What core ignition... It's going to explode! Where am I? Where are we? And how do you know how I take my tea? I woke up in a room upstairs. But I can't have always been here, can I? I've been having a very strange morning. So, where am I? Everyone was acting as if they already knew me. As if we're enclosed within a four-dimensional sphere. As if I'd been an inhabitant of this settlement for years. Yes, a time bubble. The village? Reminds me of a town I once visited, but that was entirely artificial. A space-time trap brought into existence by a madman. Doctor! So... Where are we? Milton Keynes? <laughs> no! Stockbridge! Doctor? Thy eternal summer shall not fade. Nor lose possession of that fair thou owest. Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade. When in eternal lines to time there grows. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see. So long lives this, and this gives life to thee. An eternal summer which has come to an end. <laughs> no, Doctor. This is how it begins. Oh my goodness. It is the eternal summer. It's still summer. Uh, so, Jonathan Morris, beautiful bit of work here. Uh, I think it's got um, that character. What's that character called? Doctor Who? <laughs> Maxwell Edison, the guy who rides around on a bike wearing glasses. Not that the bike doesn't wear glasses. That would just be weird. Mark Williams, who ended up playing, um, of course, uh, Arthur Darville's dad. Um, Rory's dad, sorry, in in a TV series. So it was great to have Mark Williams in. I seem to remember he didn't eat the glorious big finish lunch. He brought in Good his Lord. own sandwiches. Yeah, Aww. he sort of eyed our food, food, our food, food suspiciously, and just said, "No, thank you. I've got my own." I don't think he spoke. <laughs> I think that's one of his character voices from the Fast Show. I don't think he actually <laughs> speaks like that at all. Uh, yeah, um, lovely bit of work by Jonathan. Um, Morris, Johnny Morris, as we all call him, not to be confused with the famous zookeeper <laughs> from Animal <laughs> Magic. <laughs> all the chap who used to be in bread. I bet he's heard all those jokes a million times. Um, listen, have you got anything more to say about the Eternal Summer? Well, I can say that it, I can tell you how you can get it. Well, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, um, but this you time you have to do it in the style of someone who uh, lives on a farm. <laughs> well, in that case, you better do it. 
Listen, while well, you're doing that, I'll email Jackie Memory. Jackie Memory. <laughs> no one forgets. Don't her. forget. <laughs> Jackie. Well, I just went. I went. I just did a Dalek there, right up to the microphone. Um, well, Jackie to, Emery. To yeah, a big finish to make sure she knows which release to attach to the offer. Okay, off well, you go. Well, at the risk of offending people, I won't do that voice because it oh, might it might terrible. ruffle a few feathers, oh. which we got over in the pen over there. <laughs> um, but if you want to get you want to get your hands on it, um, you can. You can just go to bigfinish.com, uh, mine the tractor, um, go to the podcast sections just past the pig pen, uh, head straight to read more, which you'll find is over by the grain silo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once Once you're there, head over to field number nine, which is just near the hens and the sheep. Uh, and it says, just click here and enter the code buck up. Now, that's not a name of one of our many camels that we have on the farm. That is just a thing that you have to enter in. Buck up, B-U-C-K-U-P. Enter it in, you'll get 25% off. It's super, super easy. It's very easy. Um, just do that and you get 25% off. That's amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? It's just, just incredible. I just, uh, by the way, as as I think you know, we've just had some fantastic artwork done for the Jekyll and Hyde release. And um, the artist has just sent me uh, requested pictures of him uh, doing the art. So I'm just sending it to Steve Berry and Chrissy, uh, the marketing people at Big Finish. Hold on. Hi there, I'll say, <laughs> in honour of the podcast. Hi there. Here Excellent. are some behind the scenes pictures of this unknown person um, creating the artwork excellent I have to make sure that those get sense put somewhere else as well I'll find a way oh it's, it's incredible to see actually it's such a lovely bit of art. I, I sent it to you didn't I it's gorgeous it's high. so it's, I'm very excited to see that on a cover well, anyway, thank you, Ran. That was another corker recommended by you. Just from, I, th- I think you think it was a year ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. But who knows, in the maelstrom of time. Uh, next week's podcast will be packed with all the usual podcast goodness. The good review guide, listeners' emails, the randomoid selectron, of course. And we'll be drama teasing and going behind the scenes. But with what? Tune in next Sunday to find out. So now, Benji, we head towards this week's drama tease. Tell us what it is and why you love it so much. Well, it's a bit of a it's a, it's a strange one because it doesn't actually feature uh, any of the original cast mm. of Survivors. Mm. But it's um, it was the first episode that I worked on, and it's one that I just love. It's uh, series three of Survivors, Cabin Fever, which is set on a ferry which is stuck between La Havre and Dover. And there, because of the quarantine and the way things are, the ferry is not permitted to go into Dover, but not permitted to go back. So it's isolated at sea. Oh my goodness, and it is all yeah. about the, the discord that happens on board as, as people try to take matters and take things into their own hands, try to decide who gets the rations. It is just a fantastic drama. And it's it's got a few little twists and turns in it. Um, it introduces uh, as well. Um, I, I is it? I don't know if it introduces her, but she's certainly it's certainly the origin story of uh, character Molly, played yes. by the wonderful Fiona Sheehan. Yeah, um, and it's just a delight to listen to. Um, and I think it is probably the scariest villain we've ever had in a big finish in this one. Who plays the villain? 
So the villain, um, whose name is Vinny, um, is played by Paul Thornley, yes. um, who was just, I, I was sort of in awe of the way he played the part when we were in studio doing it, because he was just, he was so, because he had a really nice, really he's nice bloke. Really nice bloke, yeah. He's got um, a fantastic <laughs> voice, hasn't he? Oh, he, he really has. And he really, I, I you know, you, I got to watch him take himself into the dark depths of this character. And and because he had to say, I mean, you know, and and I'll say this quite candidly. I've said it before on the podcast. Not everything of of that that ended up in this box set um was able to be published we had to cut quite a lot of it because it was quite horrible but he really is a nasty villain i mean there's not there's not many many groups of people he doesn't offend and of course paul being a lovely chap he you know he has to say these awful things but he he says it in character with such conviction that it makes him a, a thoroughly unpleasant villain and you really want to see his comeuppance uh, at the end of the box set but it's just fantastic it's just so in my opinion so well written uh, it's so uncomfortable to listen to Nick you've done the music on this one mm, which is mm. a delight which it was a weird one because you weren't able to do the no, I music wasn't. That was for the, this yeah your first one and so you used music I'd done for the previous two box sets didn't you yeah which which I love I absolutely love that early music because it's really it's. It, I think it actually I think it's perfect for this because it's such an uncomfortable uh, box set. But it's just brilliant. So I, I, that's the one I recommend. I loved working on it. I, I just, you know, everything, even down to the character. I've recorded every, all of the, the villain's movements in this leather jacket that I've got. I recorded them in real time because it was important for him. He was very, he's moving, he's getting into people's faces and getting real, you know, really. It's it's horrible. It makes it makes the hairs on your neck stand up. Um and I thought it was important to convey that. Right. Um, but it's a great, great box set. Ends with our, our main characters. Uh, certainly, uh, Abby Grant ends, the box set ends with them held hostage in the post office tower, which is now the BT Tower. Uh, so, yeah, I always think of survivors whenever I see that in London. <laughs> well, what a brilliant recommendation. Thank you, Benji. And uh, don't forget uh, to join us next Sunday for another podcast and we do it all why do we do it all Benji? Well we do it all for the love of stories So now time to give you a 15 minute drama tease of Survivors Cabin Fever by Johnny Morris Sorry, I can't run in these shoes, they're killing 
Amy! They've sounded their last call. If we don't get on board now, they'll leave without her. I have to be back at work on Monday. You're at tickets, Mademoiselle. Here, two for Dover. Merci. You are in luck. You are just in time. Oh, made it. This must be our lucky day. <laughs> Are you all right? Uh, yes, just getting my sea legs. This place is going up and down, isn't it? It's not just me. <laughs> it's not just you. You haven't quite drunk enough. I thought so. Uh, Bye, Jackmore. Sorry, I can't. I can't move anymore. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. I could do with some fresh air. Thank you, kind sir. Oh, heels. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to push you out. Don't mention it. You take care of your friend. What was all that? I didn't mean to push you out. What? I saw the way you were looking at him. I wasn't looking at him like anything. <laughs> yeah, I bet. He didn't want to push you out of bed. Janice! Well, I wouldn't. I really go for the Johnny Mathis type. And you know what they say. Can't take you anywhere. Unless stuck on a boat together, miles out at sea, anything could happen. <laughs> Englishmen abroad. You are such a snob. And you're not. They're an embarrassment. They're just celebrating. What's wrong with that? Hmm. I wonder what the final score was. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Oh, ladies! Excuse my friends. Oi! Watch it! Some of us, some of us don't know how to behave around a gentler sex. Uh, we were just wondering, I don't know if you know it, but what was the final score? Free! Free now! Free now! Free now! I don't suppose you young ladies would care to join me in a little festive, what's the word, refablishment? That's a very kind offer, but my friend is very tired. Oh, yeah, absolutely done in. We've been on our feet all day. On our feet, yeah. Well, I'd say that is a no. Free now! Free now! <laughs> It was the end of the world. Where am I? It's all right, Mother. You'll see. The boat. I was on a boat. That's just a dream. You have a fever. No. It can't be. Not the. No. No, no, not the sickness. Just the flu. The flu. Yes. I remember. So, you just wrap up warm, and you'll be better in no time. Warm? I'm boiling. Uh, Dalton, it's don't leave right, me. It's all right, love. I'll just be downstairs in the front room. I need to check in with Abby. It's almost midnight. Yes. Abby. Oh, I remember. Abby.
This is Dalton. I am receiving you over. I hear you. We thought you'd be here by now. What's your position, over? We're holed up in a, in a mansion just outside Oxbridge. Molly's come down with some kind of viral infection, over. How bad is she, over? She's only just over the last infection, but I think she'll be okay. I thought it best to wait, to avoid exposing you and the others. How are you doing? Over. We're good. We found a way through. What is your position? Over. What's your position? Are you receiving me? Have some of this. What is it? A very good single mouth, courtesy of our hosts. Blimey, it does the trick. For medical purposes only. Careful, just a sip. It wasn't a nightmare. It was real. Real? How? It must be this fever. I haven't thought about it for months. What? Where I was when it happened, the outbreak. I was on a ferry. It was this sort of weather, too. Oh, poor thing. Stuck out in a storm. Would it help to talk about it? I'm no psychologist, but it might, you know, get it out of your system. I've never told anyone. But it's in my head now. I'm sitting comfortably. Begin. My friend Janet, She'd got her Christmas bonus early, so she treated us to a little trip. Shopping and sightseeing, you know, the Eiffel Tower and all that. We were coming back. We only just made the ferry at Le Havre. There was a party atmosphere, people making the most of the duty-free. It was blowing up a storm. Everyone was packed into the club lounge. Uh, sorry, do you mind moving your bags? No, I didn't realise they were in the way. Where they are. Right. Mummy's here. Everything's all right. There we go. That's better, isn't it? What is it, your Sebastian? He's Pekingese. He's very sweet, I suppose. I'm not really a dog person. Yes, you're adorable, aren't you? Could you not get too close? He needs his air. Sorry, it is a bit stuffy. Well, Molly, they can hardly open the windows. It must be minus degrees out there. <laughs> minus degrees? You know what I mean. Hot in here that I'm burning up. Don't want you getting a chill, do we? No, we don't. <laughs> Mol, what is it? Need some fresh air, quickly. We can't go outside. We'd get soaked or swept overboard. Have to do something. I think I'm gonna. Don't say it. Can you make it to our cabin? No, but I'll give it a try.
27, here we are. Uh, oh, God. In you go. Thanks. Not sure if it's worse down here or upstairs. Well, that's answered that. It's all right, let it out. Get up. What time is it? It's just gone ten. Shouldn't we be in Dover? We're still moving. That's just it. The captain's made an announcement over the loudspeaker thing. I'm surprised you're so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. seasick, that's all. It's the weather. And that's why we're not in Dover? No. Dover's closed. Closed? The whole port. Some sort of emergency quarantine. What for? A virus thing that was going around in Singapore. You remember? It was in the paper. Apparently it's spread to France. So where are we? We've turned around and are heading back to Le Havre. What? What we're supposed to do when we get there, I don't know. I suppose. There's nothing else to do. The weather's getting worse. Anything on the radio? Same as this morning. Nothing. Not even Radio Luxembourg. I have to be back at work tomorrow. You know what that place is like. They give you notice if you're five minutes late. It's not your fault though, is it? They're not going to know that, are they? I can hardly phone Mr. Clements and say, sorry, got delayed in the middle of the Atlantic. We're not in the Atlantic. Anyway, I expect what's happened is on the news. You told people you'd be going away for the weekend, didn't you? Yeah. And you're probably not the only one. There's probably loads of other people who... Are in the same boat? <laughs> well, yes. Hello, this is Captain Fletcher speaking. I've got some bad news for you all, I'm afraid. The Harvey's also first. Oh. So what? Are we going to be stuck? I've been in contact with the authorities. We've been designated an infection threat and placed in emergency quarantine. Infection threat? Now what this means is, until they know we're not at risk, we're not allowed to dock at Dover or the Hart. In the meantime, I'm going to try other ports on the south coast to take on supplies. But the most important thing is not to panic. Don't panic, is that it? Well, it's just a question of waiting, isn't it? Until the quarantine period's up. That's all. But when they shut down the ports and the airports, they shut down everything. Not that it made any difference in the end. Oh, it made a difference. What do you mean? The death was already in Britain. It made a difference to those stuck in quarantine. The ones who'd been written off, forgotten. They weren't. When they shut those ports, they left us to die. Even if some of us, some of us would have survived. What are you saying? No one on board was infected. Because by then... No, people were infected. There was just one big difference. What's that? When people started dying, we had nowhere to run. <coughs> Here, drink this. Slow. 
So, we spent the rest of the day sailing along the coast. The storm eased off, but then it started getting cold. We tried to dock at Portsmouth, but were refused entry. We must have run out of fuel, because then we just stopped. They dropped the anchors to stop us drifting. That evening, when Janet and I went up to the lounge, it was empty. Everyone was keeping to their cabins. Either they were sick, or they were afraid. I meant there's nobody here. Everybody must be below. <laughs> I can't say I blame them. <sighs> Looks like the school trip back. Hey! Service! You got customers open up! They're closed. What? They're closed. There's no one there. Try duty free. Duty free sold out. Well, not sold exactly. They had a break in, and would you believe? Someone made off with all the jewellery, fags and booze. It's a real mystery. Which is why we want this place to open up! Three bar! Help yourselves! Hey, mate, what do you think you do? Three bar, innit? Got a problem with that, Sydney Poitier? You can't just nick stuff. No barman, no crew. So who's going to stop me? Well, that's it. That's your argument. There's no one to stop you, so that makes it all right. Yep. You want to make something of it? No. Help yourselves. Go ahead. Drink yourselves, stupid. Thank you, Sydney.